Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. 1 Corinthians 7, 8 through 9 is the passage I'm starting off with. Um, so it says, this is Paul. Paul was talking to, uh, writing a, uh, a letter to the church in Corinth. And he was uh, talking about the people who were having this struggle with this passion for intimacy. And so he says, Now to the unmarried and widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But, big but right there, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. The title of my message is Burning with Passion. Burning with passion. I love how Paul used the word, uh, the word burn for passion. When you think of burn, you think of what? Fire. And so when I think about fire, when I did a little, little search on fire, it's very purifying in its nature. And so it's very purifying. It comforts people. It has this security, especially when it's cold outside. Fire is one of the best places to be. It's pure, comforting, it's a safe warmth, and fire is good only when it has its parameters. And so when I read this passage, I think of like, like, okay, it's not that easy. If I'm struggling with passion, like, like a passion to have a relationship, it's very difficult for me to be like, okay, Paul, I get it. Like, how am I gonna, like, it's, like, is that easy to find a relationship and then get into one? But what he says, the way I look at it is he says, now I'm unmarried and the widows say I am, it is good for them to stay unmarried. What he means is, is that you don't need someone else to complete your purpose on this earth. And what I mean by that is, you look at Paul, Paul is like this. Okay. He goes, he goes, here I am. I'm an apostle. I wrote most of the New Testament without a wife, without a spouse. And so I'm not saying you shouldn't get married or have a relationship, but at the same time, the thing is, is that if you think that's going to complete you, it's going to fail your expectation. And so you need to understand that when it comes to burning with passion in the context of that part where he says he wants to be single, he Paul was called to be single, but he's saying don't let singleness be culture treats singleness like it's a bad thing they think that it's like oh like you're alone or you're lonely or whatever that is so far from the truth because i've realized that it's cheaper with me i get to pay for my own stuff yo listen i'm telling you i don't like i don't i have so much stuff saved because i'm not spending it on someone else as of now now i'm not saying it's the best thing yeah i want a relationship obviously but at the same time It's okay. Don't neglect your singleness because I've realized this. Singleness is also preparation. What singleness does is that it prepares you for that person maybe you're meant to be with or someone you're looking for. Singleness gives it that step of preparation. And Paul speaks from compassion because in 1 Corinthians 11, 29, just four chapters ahead, he says, who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? So what that means is that Paul understands what it feels like to burn with that passion. 
even with sin, because, because we think of, we think of passion of like, obviously this is talking about sex, but at the same time, he's saying that even with sin, when someone else sins, he inwardly burns for it. He has a burden for it. And so understand he's not speaking from a judgmental or a theological statement, but he's speaking out of compassion. Understand that Paul's going through the same thing. He understands that it's an inward burn. And uh, I want to take you guys through the three S's of purity. And this is a preacher thing. You know, the three S's, three E's, three P's, whatever that looks like. That's a natural preacher thing. But three S's of the phase of purity, relationships, whatever that looks like. So obviously the first one is singleness. So I heard this story this guy was uh, going to propose to his wife at a very fancy restaurant that she liked uh, a couple of weeks from there, but he needed his uh, her father's blessing for the relationship, for the marriage. And he said, why don't you just propose to her now or whatever? He said, he said I'm just going to wait till then. He's like, did you buy the ring? He said, yeah, I bought, I bought the ring. I'm just waiting for that time to come. And he said, oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. That'd be burning a hole in my pocket. And when I thought about that, I was like, dang, he, w- he was really upset because it was burning a hole in his pocket. I'm talking about money. But, but he's talking about burning a hole in his pocket, waiting that long. So what he did, he wasn't real proud of it, but he took her to Pizza Hut and bought her, you know, the pizza or whatever. And then he proposed to her then. Wasn't proud of it, but he, he made this reference. Burning a hole in your pocket is like burning a hole in your heart. And a lot of us sometimes feel like we're have, we have a, a fire that's burning within our heart for relationship or for intimacy. I'm going to be blunt with you. We all want intimacy. I don't care if you're 7 or 70. We all, <laughs> we all crave intimacy with people, with God. It's natural to crave to have to be accepted by someone, to get attention from somebody. That is natural intimacy, and it's not bad. It's just the way you manage it. So, burning a hole in your heart—it's a big deal. Um, I don't know uh, if any—is anyone know who? I, most people probably uh, you know who John Mayer is, the artist. So he—I don't know his spiritual uh, his spiritual beliefs, but he had this interview that really stuck out to me. And he said, you know, people pay for security guards. People pay for all types of like high protection for the celebrities, but they are so easy to let their heart open and they don't guard it. And so that really helped me emphasize we're so easy to try and guard other stuff, but at the same time, we don't guard our heart. We don't guard what's most important because if we don't guard it, it could lead to a path of destruction in your life. Now, I'm going back to first aid to the unmarried when he says, I want to stay unmarried. Um, like I said, people think singleness is a horrible thing, which it isn't. I don't know what people are talking about. Paul proved this theory wrong. saying Not saying you should be single only if you're called to be like he was. But do not neglect your sing- the singleness that you're in right now. Um, another thing I want to kind of break down is finding the one. Okay, how many of you in here know, believe that there's only one person for you. And if you didn't marry that person, you married the wrong person. Raise your hand so I can tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm gonna tell you why, because I've realized 
the emphasis of what the Bible talks about being having finding the one is almost non-existent. But but we don't even have to prove the Bible to it. We can just prove logic from it. Example: What if you marry the wrong person? Y'all do something, and then now you have the wrong baby. You have the wrong child, and then they were supposed you were actually you were supposed to marry Michelle, but you married Tina. And now y'all had the baby and his name was Michelle, but it was supposed to be Michael, but y'all got the chromosomes mixed in everywhere. And so now, now they have to make, it just crumbles. It crumbles over itself. And I'm going to tell you this, this is very profound. The Bible does not talk about you finding the one, but it does talk about you being the right one. And that's a whole setup for yourself. You get to learn. That's why singleness is so important because you get to prepare yourself for that person, because when I think of when people say I'm finding the one, no offense if you raise your hand. I mean, that's a that's a common thing. You find that in like chick flicks or something like that. You find that everywhere. But but what that what that looks like is that finding the one. The reason why it's not existent is because it almost seems like a selfish statement. Like, okay, who am I going to find the one that's for me? But put it, turn it around, and call it, who can I be for them? How can I serve them? How can I appreciate this person? And it's, and I think people really get it wrong in that area because we want to find someone that's right for us. But if we need to become, but we need to become the example, the same example that we want, like, the, like it says, treat, treat others the way you want to be treated. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's the same concept when it comes to a relationship, even friendships. Friendships and relationships go hand in hand with that context of you being the right one for somebody. Singleness is preparation. And I'm going to tell you, and here's my theory why. Because if you're wanting a Christ-centered relationship, hold on. Oh, what the heck? Okay, never mind. Um, a main side note, before I continue, is your main goal is for the relationship with the opposite. This is, this is, this is the, this is the main theory I want to leave with you with this part. If you want a Christ-centered relationship, especially I, most of our goal is this. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way, but the main goal is to have a relationship and then get married. That's the one goal you want. That's what everyone, that's on, that's on your mind. That's like, okay, I'll date this girl and then marry this girl. Like, that's fine. But because culture has changed it, okay, now I got to find this person. I'm going to try this person, that person. It creates this dysfunction where you've given your heart to this person, then to this person, then to this person. And now you're trying to marry this person, but then you have these doubts in your mind like, okay, is it really going to work out? Then you overthink it. And so now you have to realize that make it a goal to date and then get married because that's the ultimate goal when you're in a relationship. If you're yearning for a relationship, if you want a Christ-centered relationship, here's the bottom point. Out of this whole point, out of what I just said, I want you to get this. The way to get a godly relationship, pursue God. That's it. That's, that's really all that is. If you pursue the Lord with all your heart, Jesus said it this way. If you pursue his righteousness and his kingdom, then everything else will be added onto you. So I'm here to tell you tonight, if you pursue God with all your heart, prepare your heart for a relationship, then 
you will have the right one for you when you become the right one. Second point is sex. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so the, the, I didn't put this in the, in the, in the, uh, in the notes up there, but I want to talk about mismanaged passions, mismanaged passions. Um, I'm making a reference to what scripture is this. Okay, Exodus 2, 11 through 15. This is the story where Moses, before he ran away from Egypt and met God at the burning bush, and then he saved his, his people or whatever. Uh, this scripture goes off of right before that had happened. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. So you can tell right there he's seeing someone that he has relation to biologically. It's his people. And God lights this passion, get the, get the phrase, passion within Moses. And so it's a good passion. It's, it's, a, it's a right and good, great passion. But verse 12 says this, Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid them in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting, his own people. And he asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? And that's where I want to stop right there. Just because you hide something in the sand doesn't mean it won't come up. I'm, I'm, a, I'm here to tell you right now, you can try and hide the things. I heard this one saying, I mean, I can, I'll check later if it's, if it's biblical. I hope it is. But I've always heard older people, boomers, I've heard them say, your sin will find you out. And taking that to heart, that does happen. Moses had the right passion. God lit a fire in him to save his people. But at the same time, he did it in the wrong way. See, mismanaged passions. He had the right passion but did it in the wrong way. When Pharaoh heard this, he tried, verse 15, when Moses heard this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by the well, the right passion with the wrong purpose. And like I said, we all desire intimacy, but at the same time, it's a cold world out there. We all don't like being alone. I don't. I love being with people. I love being with God. But at the same time, there are moments where I feel this loneliness. And it's like I said, it's a cold world out there. So obviously you want to sit by the fire because it's warm, because it's purifying, because it's secure in its nature. But without the right parameters, a.k.a. marriage, your house, even if you put the fire out. I'm going to tell you this. It's the same fire that warms your home. That fire is the same fire that makes a wildfire in Australia. It's the same thing. So understand. I'm going to put it this way. You can, you can have a gift that God has given you. It could build you up, but at the same time, it can also destroy you. I've realized this with... Um, a couple of students at our school, one of them, he's very manipulative. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. He will cut, he will verbally assassinate you. It's not fun at all. But at the same time, it's like I can see him preaching the gospel, cutting scripture down and all, all this and that. And he's, he's powerful with his words. 
But because he's using it to manipulate the system of what he's under authority, it doesn't work. It's destroying him. And so understand you can have a gift. You can have a purpose that God's given you, but are you going to use it in the right way? Or are you going to use it without the parameters that it's supposed to have? Last but not least, uh, self-control. This is a thing that culture lacks. We lack self-control. Why? Because it is a fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruit of the spirits is self-control. And the reason why we lack it is because we're not operating in its fruit. We're not operating. So like, for example, I operate in love, joy, kindness, patience. That's easy. That I, I naturally operate in that because I pray for that. But the times I don't pray for self-control, it takes me over. And it can take you over. Self-control is the thing that we lack. Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 3. This is the moment where Moses went up to, it had been, I think it had been 40 days or something like that, or 40 years, whatever it was. And he was on the run for a long time because of what he had did. He had killed the Egyptian. See, wrong passion, uh, right passion, wrong purpose. And so what he did was he found, I'm going to read it. Therefore, the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, get this, the fire did not burn it up. What I want you to get from that is that you can burn with passion. Nothing's wrong. See, see, we try to make, something can be good, then we can call it a bad thing. We do it. Sex is a good thing. Oh, I thought I would get an amen from that, but um, sex is a good thing, but we treat it like it's gross, like it's disgusting. We, we, we say that we say sex is gross, sex is disgusting, sex is weird, so save it for your husband or your wife. Like, that doesn't, that's just messed up. But what I want to tell you is you can have the right passion. It's good to burn with passion, but at the same time, you need to learn to contain it. And who can contain that? God. God can contain that passion. Because we let what, because I can tell you right now, I, I, per, I personally struggle. This, is, this really hits close to home. I've struggled with this stuff. I've struggled with sinful sexual stuff. I've dealt with that. I'm not going to lie to you. If I wasn't being vulnerable with you, this would be a mediocre message. But what I want to tell you is that as a youth pastor, because I give two cents about you, you have to learn where to put it. You have to learn where to put that fire. Because if you don't, your house will burn to the ground. And so I want you to get that tonight, is you can have the right passion. Yes, it's a good thing. God designed it. What God designs that's good, the enemy turns it into an evil thing. And I see it all the time. We treat, we treat these things like it's a bad thing, which it is good, but we've manipulated and turned it into something that it's not. It is a good thing. It's a gift. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it talked about sex being a gift from God. But at the same time, we have created it for our own desire, our own sake, our own convenience. So I want you to get that tonight. You can have the right passion, but can also have the wrong purpose. Y'all can stand up.
have the lights turned off and um, I'll have Josh on the guitar. See, I was going to use an illustration, but it stayed right there. I didn't move it. But example, that's a fire right here. Just pretend. I was going to actually use like lighter fluid, but I don't want to get fired, so I'm not going to use it. Um, but well, what what I'm saying, what I want to say is, like I said, it's because it's so cold outside. It's so cold out there. It's it's lonely out there, and so your natural tendency is to step to it, step close to it. That's your natural tendency. But the thing is, is that because there's no parameters, there's nothing to contain the fire. It can burn anything. It's met, things can be a gift, but it can also be met for destruction if not used properly. And so I want to encourage you tonight. Understand that we all deal with this stuff. And I, and I can tell you right now that most of us probably haven't dealt with it physically. I'm not going to get into detail, but we've dealt with it physically. But we've dealt with it mentally. Oh, it's just for the guys. Guys deal with this stuff. No. We all deal with this type of sin. The three sins. The three main temptations. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, it's legit. And so, I want everyone to close their eyes tonight. Because this message is very important. It's very... Like I said, it hits close to home, but God showed it to me to tell you that even though you've, even though you burn with it, it doesn't have to burn you out. It doesn't have to keep you in an area where you're constantly guilty about it. You're constantly put in this place where it's like, man, I can't come back from this. You can. You really can. Now, I don't want to I was going to do an altar call, but that's just, it's, it, this is very personal. This is something that's very, this is an inner thing. This is between you and God. But I want to take a, the first opportunity. Maybe you've been burning with this, but you don't know how to contain it. You don't know how to properly put it in its parameters. I want to tell you God can do that. God can do that. God can set you on that path. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to take this opportunity. If you, the first people I want to talk to is if you maybe don't know, really, you really don't know who Jesus is. You come, you come to Fusion all the time. You come every Wednesday. But you're like, man, I really want a relationship with this Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. No one's looking around. No one's looking left or right. But I want to give you this opportunity to receive Christ because He's the only one that can help you keep the fire contained. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you this opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not sure. You're not sure that you'll make it. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. You're not sure. You 
you really are at an uncertainty in your heart, not in your mind, because you might be overthinking it, but in your heart, you know, man, I want a relationship with him. I really do. With every head bowed still and every eye closed, the ones who raise their hand, repeat this prayer after me. And everyone, I want everyone as a, as a family, as a family of fusion, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you that your blood has cleansed me. Lord, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. And I pray that I am for certain I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone, keep your heads bowed. I got one more group. Like I said, I'm not going to do an altar call, but you know who you are. Some of us, at least one of us in here, struggles with this habit of this passion being loose mentally or physically. Recognize it's you. You don't even have to raise your hand. Just recognize it's you. And I want you to understand that God is so gracious towards His children. I can tell you from personal experience, I have fallen down every time with lust, pornography, I have dealt with this. I'm in the same, I was in the same situation you were in. But I can tell you right now, there's a freedom. There's a freedom in that. To understand, okay, I don't have to do this anymore. It's ruining me. It's ruining the people around me. I can let this go. You can. You just have to understand and accept that you have freedom in Christ. If you are a Christ follower, you have the freedom right now father i pray lord that you are touching their hearts the ones that deal with this with this scenario with this situation father i pray that lord that we don't step away from this lord god that we don't just push this aside like oh maybe it'll get better tomorrow lord we neglect the sexual sin that we deal with that our hearts are broken by lord it's an addiction but lord we know you can set us free from bondage you can set us free from these pains that we have, even with the thing that even feels good, Lord, it doesn't last long. It doesn't. And so, Father, I pray that you open up our hearts tonight to receive your healing of this sin, of this thing that holds us back from you. Lord, I pray for everyone in here that has accepted the freedom of not having to give into it anymore. Yes, Jesus. Let's just say in this moment because I want people, I want you guys to be set free. Because I'm telling you, there's freedom from experience. I don't just preach this because it's biblical. I preach it because it's real. This freedom is real and it's genuine. It's tangible. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You're being set free. You might not realize it, but you are. Why? Because you already have been at the cross paid it at the cross the sin is there at the cross it went through his nails at the cross it's done for it's done for so father i pray for the freedom that you're giving us tonight the freedom that you we we receive it we receive it just everyone lift their hands 
in a sign of worship and just say to yourself, Father, I receive your presence. Lord, I receive your grace. I receive your touch that has set me free, not just from what we just talked about, but from the things that I have habits on, the stuff that I do, the habitual stuff that I do all the time, that is constant. Father, I said, I give it to you. Just give it to him. Just give it to him. He is willing. He wants to take it from you. He wants to rip it out of you. You just have to accept that he's going to do it. And you have to believe it within your heart. You got to believe it within your heart. So, Father, we thank you for this freedom that you give, Lord God. Let it be real. Let it not be fake, Lord God. Let it not just be a church thing. Father, I pray that you're giving us a real freedom that we're being set into. Lord, we're tired of playing fake. But Lord, let us be real with people and let us be real with who you are and let us be set free from this bondage. And it's in Jesus' name.